Hey, this is Brent Ingersoll from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. Some of you may um, remember this, but it was the year 1988, and it was September 24th. And this was seconds before what would be deemed as uh, the most intense 100-meter race in Olympic history. This race was the most fascinating because it was all-star filled. It was the best of the best runners. There was a man by the name of Ben Johnson from Canada, which you probably know of this story. But he was set up to race against some of the world-class and some of the most fastest people on the planet. Matter of fact, when you're watching them uh, line up and then pace back and forth. They looked like a cage of panthers. Like they was like this was the best of the best about to race. And so they begin to race. Gun fires in 9.79 seconds later. Ben Johnson from Canada wins the race. And it was amazing. It was, it was awe-inspiring that a man would, could have so much power and so much majesty when he's, when he's running. So much so, people like were skeptical. They're like, how in the world did he beat all these amazing men in this race? And so he wins, and then he says this quote. He says, I'd like to say that my name is Benjamin Sinclair Johnson Jr., and this world record will last 50 years, maybe 100 years. And then later he said, a gold medal, that's something no one can take away from you. But literally in less than 24 hours later, they checked his blood and they found steroids in his blood, and thus he gave up his gold medal. And that medal, that once glorious thing, was now, of course, like awarded to someone else. And Ben Johnson returned to Canada disgraced. See, what we saw was a winner, right? What the crowd saw was a winner, right? His body sculptor was a winner, but deep inside he was a fraud. A cheater and a liar. That that day, what he was, what, what he was trying to appear to be fair and to be good, his fruit was exposed that he was actually a fraud. This story is something that is like a part of our lives today. And of course, even as Christians, that sometimes we, we portray something that we aren't that we pretend to be someone that we're not, that we appear or we have the form of godliness and Christ-likeness, but if you remove the veil or what Jesus calls it, if you see the fruit, you will recognize by their fruit and the fruit will thus be exposed and fruit will show us who we really are. And the only person who really knows who they really are is you and me. Only you and me know the fruit in our lives. And the Bible talks a ton about this idea of fruit. This is God's favorite 
metaphor describing life, right? I mean, I mean, like if you look at the at the very beginning like of Scripture, Jesus says the first command was what? Be fruitful and multiply, right? He's saying be fruitful, or when a woman is pregnant. The Bible talks about the fruit of her womb, that she is thus producing life. Or when, like, the Bible talks about our lips or our words, it's saying that we will reap the fruit of our lips, that our words actually produce something, that they, that they produce life or death, that our words, that our worship produces something, or our work or our our um, labor, it, like Jesus is talking about that we, that we reap the fruit of our labor, that we produce something or we produce money or finance, that we produce something, that fruit is actually revealing who we really are. Root show, like fruit shows us what is at the heart of really are, and it shows through our choices, it shows through our words, it shows through our Actions and Jesus saying, You will recognize people by their fruit. Now, we all, of course, you know, know this idea of fruit being exposed because, I mean, let's just think about newlyweds, right? Oh, the bliss. Oh, the bliss. I just can't stop talking to you. You're so beautiful. Oh, you're amazing, right? You're my Corey. You're my Topanga. You know what I mean? I love you so much. All my 90s kids, all my 90s kids. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You're married and you're just enjoying the bliss of marriage. And then two weeks later, <laughs> two weeks, you see their fruit. And your marriage might need some, of course, like an adjustment, right? Or let's for, say, for example, like newborn babies, right? They're just so beautiful and cuddly. They have the smell of heaven, like, I wish that baby smell was like a, like a candle form. Can you imagine? I'm kidding. That's weird. But, like, just imagine. Imagine, right? Imagine a candle smell like a baby, right? And, and you're holding them. You're thanking God. You're praying. Oh, you're crying. And you're just thanking God that you're, you have your baby, one, two, three, four, five, right? You're just, like, amazed at the babies that are coming. And then come 3 a.m. And you see their fruit. And you realize that they are sinners in need of a great Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. All my parents, all my parents, some of you are sitting right next to them. You're like, man, I just, you're the fruit of my labor. (laughs) But Jesus is telling us that we will recognize people by their fruit, that fruit is an exposing of what is really inside of us. And the reality is that, that over the last few years that we have seen some fruit. We have seen that people aren't who they say they are, that they don't believe what you thought they believed, that they don't adhere to or follow the beliefs that you thought they did, that they don't act like what you thought they were supposed to act, that fruit is being exposed and it doesn't deny the truth that no matter how hard you hide it, no matter how hard you try to perform or try to change your appearance of what you're like, fruit will always be exposed. 
God will always show us the fruit of our lives. And so Jesus is teaching, and he's almost teaching as a warning, that this is his way of like landing like the plane. And he's showing them and he's telling them what to look out for. He says, be careful, watch out. There are true and false prophets. You will recognize them by the fruit. Now, the thing about these false prophets was that these guys pretended to be of Christ. They pretended to follow Jesus. They claimed to follow Jesus. Matter of fact, they would perform miracles and they were impressive and they were, of course, influential. They had over a million Instagram followers, that they were, that, that they were like powerful, that they have the, the, the appearance of being like religious, and they would even do miracles. And so Jesus would say, examine their fruit. And so it was hard because as, as a follower of Jesus, you'd watch them and you're like, wait, 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 wait. That they're performing miracles. Maybe they claim that the name of Jesus. They have authority. They have power. They have miracles. They're speaking in tongues. They're showing up at church and prayer meetings. They're, you know, they're in the front row saying, preach, black man. Like, they are those type of people. And they're the most, like, charismatic, fun. Like, you thought they were followers of Jesus. And so it was hard to actually distinguish what was which. And Jesus simplifies it, and he portrays this amazing illustration that a healthy tree will produce healthy fruit, and a bad tree will produce bad fruit. And he says this twice, which you know he's being real serious. He says, you will recognize them by their fruit. So Jesus is teaching us that one way to distinguish who is belonging to the kingdom and who is not is that you actually have to see the fruit of their lives. Not just the things that they preach or not just the things that they do or not just the appearance of godliness, but you, which is the most simple way, is to look at their fruit. And he says this, he says, examine their fruit. Of course, you, you know, of course you might think, well, well, there's no false prophets like today. There's no false prophets today. I mean, of course, like, like we're all right, right? It's the 21st century, right? We're all correct in our own truth. But the reality is that's wrong. There is a ton of false teachers and false prophets that have the appearance of godliness but aren't and do not belong to Jesus. They don't follow Jesus. And you know what's it's amazing how we're so obsessed with, you know, what's on TikTok and what's on Instagram. So much so that we will quote and we will send what this person is saying on TikTok and not quote Jesus. Woo! We will quote all these people and send it to all of our friends and we'll say, because Dr. Caroline Leaf told me so. Oh, baby, I'm stepping on toes today. Even me, myself, where, yes, and things are inspiring and encouraging and good and things are great. Now, I'm not saying that it's all bad. I'm saying if that person doesn't align their values with Christ or does not point you to Christ and him crucified and him 
resurrected, you will reap bad fruit. Who are you allowing to be the voices in your life? Because we will scroll Instagram till kingdom come and not read the scriptures of what Jesus is saying. Matter of fact, we will build our lives upon what people are saying on TikTok and not build our lives on what Jesus is saying. And the Bible speaks of this so much. I mean, like, like Paul. Paul says this in, uh, in 1 Thessalonians. He says this. He says, because the gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. Watch this. He says, you know how we lived among you. And then he says this in in chapter 2, verse 10. He says, you are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy and how righteous and how blameless we were among you who believed. What's he saying? He's saying we didn't just come to preach the gospel and share a word with you, but you've seen how we've lived. You've seen that we're holy, that we're righteous. You see the fruit which gives credibility to the message that we preach. And the problem is there's a lot of us seeing bad fruit and seeing bad things happen with the church and seeing bad fruit. And then we wonder why that there is a whole like, generation of people that aren't following Jesus. It's because people are seeing bad fruit. They're seeing bad fruit that we don't taste as luscious and beautiful as we portray, do we? And so Paul is saying, look at our lives. And that's why the Bible tells us to plant ourselves through a church, a physical church, body, body, flesh, flesh, blood, blood. Why? Because you can see our lives. When we bank all of our hope in our lives, or of course, only, you know, um, online preachers and teachers, which is cool, which is fine, but we can't see the fruit. That's why we must belong to a body. That's why we must belong to a physical, local church. Why? Because then someone can tell me as a preacher, Bradford, you have bad fruit. You have a bad pear. That was a little too much attitude there. That's why God calls us to be a part of a family and be a part of community because we're called to prune each other and to see God work fruits of righteousness in us and through us. God wants all of us to produce fruit. And then he does this. This is, what, this is where it makes me mad. He goes from telling us what to look out for, and then he then teaches us what to look in Then he goes on, he says this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, which are the same story, the same challenge. He says this, not everyone 
who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy your name? Did we not uh, drive out demons? Did we not perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I will never knew you. He puts like the mirror back on them. He's saying, just because... You claim to follow me or because you have the appearance of following me or because you have power or because you have godly or you look godly doesn't make you a follower of mine. Doesn't make you belong to me. Actually, real followers of mine does the will of my father. He is talking about obedience. And we must not forget that in our pursuit for the Holy Spirit, in our hunger for more of him, that we're not chasing warm fuzzies, that we're not chasing just altars, that we're not just chasing miracles and prophecies, but what God is requiring us as disciples first and as followers of Jesus is people who obey. People who walk with him and obey him. Why? Because obedience requires submission. (laughs) Just saying, Lord, Lord, doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. Being someone who attends church doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. But true followers obey him and that is the one key thing that tells people and tells each other you're a follower of Jesus like if you have claimed to encounter God and then leave this place and go to your job and cuss out everybody in your workplace bad fruit will be produced. If you come to the altar and say, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, but then your attitude isn't different, woo! There's been, there's been some, some moments in my life where I'm, I'm, downstairs in my little, like, like, my prayer corner, like my spiritual place. And I'm praying, I'm, I'm talking to God, and I'm believing for Jesus, I'm praying, and then my kids walk down. <laughs> Go back upstairs! <laughs> I'm praying! <laughs> Mom, what's wrong with Dad? Maybe that's just me. <laughs> There's been some moments where I've, you know, spent some time with the Lord. And then I go upstairs and I'm just angry. Just, just I don't know, just grumpy. And then my wife is like, are you okay? Like, weren't you just in the presence of Jesus? I think you need to go back downstairs for another few minutes until your face is corrected, (laughs) right? 
And what Jesus is saying is that just performing miracles doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. Because miracles don't prove anything. They don't. If he's saying that even people who pretend to follow Jesus are still doing miracles and prophesying, then miracles don't prove anything. Did you know Jesus used a donkey? Miracle. God can use anything in anyone at any time. God, like he was the OG Dr. Doolittle. But they don't prove that you belong to him. That real following of Jesus is just pursuing him and it's following him. See, Jesus is not after phony people. He's after followers. And this is where we get tripped up because we want warm fuzzies all the time. We want to feel flowers and roses all the time. But what if God takes you to a place where it it doesn't feel good? Will you still follow him? What if God takes some stuff from you? Will you still follow him? What if God brings you to a moment where you are suffering and you're hurting and you got pain in your life? Will you still follow him? And it's from that place of following him where our lives provide credibility to the power. My gosh. When people look at our lives, it should be like when we perform Miracles, yes, it is God's heart for him to move in that way. I believe in healing. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in miracles. But our lives should provide credibility of the things that I'm doing. And it's God's heart for you and God's design for you is that you bear good fruit and that you bear much fruit. And he says this in John. He says this in John. In John 15, very famous passage, verse 4. He says, remain in me as I have remained in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, and it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear what? Much fruit. Apart from me... You can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Said branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my what? Disciples. Do you know what shows the world that you are a follower of Jesus? It's fruit bearing. God wants you and me to bear much fruit and fruit that lasts and fruit that remains. Because, of course, if you understand, fruit is not for me. 
God didn't make fruit just for, like, like, like God made fruit for other people's nourishment. So that when people taste my life, that when my wife and my kids and my job and my students and my volunteers, when they taste my life, they taste Christ-likeness. And it shows the, the heart of the Father for you and for me that he's not after surface-level Christianity. That he is after a group of people that come hell or come high water, come the world flipping upside down, come light or dark, come good season or bad season. He is looking for people that would move beyond the altar and follow him. But here's the problem, though. His eyes still bear bad fruit. Jesus is genius because as he's talking about this, there are people that he's talking to that are saying, this is impossible. Hold up. So we can't do miracles. How do we know him? Like, it's impossible. I have bad fruit in my life. I have mistakes that I've made. I have failed. I have had trauma, I have bad roots, I have bad, like what is he talking about? And little did they know that the voice teaching them is the very voice that would say, it is finished. That the very tree that I'm ashamed of, the very tree that haunts me, is the very tree that he hung himself on. So this rebuke and this, this slap in the face, underneath this is an invitation to look at the one whose tree is perfect. who went on a cross for me and for you, who lived sinless and perfect so that I could reap his fruit and be called righteous and be called holy and become a son and become a daughter and become a king and become a priest, and become royalty and become his. Only God can tell you something that's impossible. But then he says, follow me. Because Matthew is about a king. And it's about a kingdom that he's bringing. It's about him inviting us to live in this kingdom and produce fruit. Even us pastors and teachers have bad fruit. So here's the, the challenge is that God calls us to produce fruit with repentance. This is what Matthew says in chapter 4, verse 8. It says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. God wants you to bear fruit, to bear much fruit, and fruit that lasts while you repent. Lord, I still yell at my kids. I still do this, I still do that. Lord, I need you to change 
not just the fruit, but change the root system in my life. Because a true mark of the Holy Spirit is not that you can speak in tongues and perform miracles. And yes, God, God has done amazing things. Like, like God has touched us. God, God has done incredible things. Do you know that the other day, I was with all five of my kids all by myself and did not lose my mind? Did you know that I didn't lose a nerve? And I was praising God. I said, God, surely you have done a work in my life. God is still working in my life. God is still working in your life. But what he wants is submission every single day. Every single moment of your life. Lord, Lord, real followers say, Lord, Lord. Would you stand with me, please? All over this room. God wants you to bear fruit and fruit that remains, fruit that's lasting. Don't be afraid of repentance. It's a gift. And so with every head bowed for a second, I want you just to take a few seconds and just examine like your life. Where in your life are you producing bad fruit? Where's the lie where you are following a feeling and not Jesus? That you're following power, but not the person. (laughs) Jesus, we love you today. God, help us like to love you more. Help us to love you better. <laughs> but forgive us for our bad fruit, our pride, our lust, our anger, our bitterness, our unforgiveness, our ignorance, the pain and the hurt, hate, rage, jealousy. Lord, we repent. And God, we want to be Christ-like. We want to be like you. We want to be, we don't want to be just a a better version of ourselves. We want to be like you. And may the world see that we are Christ followers by how we act and how we live and what we say. And may we produce good fruit and much fruit so that your kingdom on this earth and this world can be expanded. And may our lives prove like the miracles as credible. And that as we Lay hands on the sick. And as we prophesy, may people say, man, this is God. This is Jesus and his love for me.
how we praise you today. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for the stern word. God, thank you that you are good enough to tell us the truth and to be real with us. Lord, we love you today. We praise you. Lord, we worship you today. And may this word sink deep in our hearts. And may we leave this place transformed in Jesus. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Amen.